Hello, this is Jerry and Jacob, and we are two unrelated brothers. Hey, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, and so this is a episode, what is it, 11 now? It's uh, going strong. Yeah, I think this is going to be episode 11. So the start of a, I guess the start of a small new era, this one will be. Oh, yeah. So this is a. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Eleven. I, I, don't, I don't know. My mind's still kind of stuck on it, but uh, that's besides <laughs> the point. <laughs> no, so, I it's, uh, it's all right. It's, it's 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 crazy to think of that, and we're in the we're officially in the double digits now. <laughs> well, like the I, I guess I ten is officially, but you know now we're like we're getting into it. Yeah, yeah, we're really in the weeds now. I have to say our our setups have gotten a little bit more professional, even though we're still doing it through Skype, um, just because our work schedules and everything. I mean. I think we're doing a good job. Oh, and and also I want to apologize for episode eight. Uh, one of our loyal viewers let me know that the episode cut off and it was due to a corrupted Skype file. We ended up fixing it, and the re-uploaded version of episode eight is up uh, now. So oh, I didn't know um, someone told you about that. Yes, yes. Uh, Baby G, shout out to Baby G. He's been a loyal loyal listener since uh, the beginning. So wow. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy having a, a buddy who actually listens to you on their uh, commute to work, man. It's pretty that's wild. Crazy. That is crazy. Well, I appreciate that, man. You know, that's really cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, man, what's this episode going to be about? Well, we're taking a break from games for now, just a short one. We're going to go a little more into, a, I would say... Maybe of the academic side of this, we're gonna talk about the um, the change or the evolution of controllers and wait, wait, academic? Academic. Well, you know, you don't don't act surprised. You sent me a article about this topic. Hey, we're, um, we're doing a skit. We're doing a skit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, academic. Yeah, we we I read this very nice article and it's super smart, <laughs> better than anything I could. have. Definitely better than anything we could possibly do, which is why we read it. Um, and <laughs> yeah, before we sure. get into the nitty gritty of it, uh, obviously to give credit where credit is due, this article is called The Evolution of Game Controllers and Control Schemes and Their Effect on Their Games by Alistair H. Cummings of the University of Southampton. So this is a well-written article. Just you know, Google that. It will, pop, it will probably be one of the – just Google evolution of control, controls, and that's probably going to be the first thing that pops up. Yeah, I'll try to find a link uh, and put it in our uh, description just so anybody who's interested can give it a look. But, yeah, this is really um, well written. The only – well, it's not even a critique, but but the only setback is this article uh, dates t- uh, back to 2006. So, like mm-hmm. you said, like we were saying earlier, you know, that's 15 years more of uh, biggest controller innovations. <laughs> Which doesn't sound like a lot, but a lot of uh, headway has been made, especially in the VR space, I would say. I was going to say, yeah, it's interesting to see, um, excuse me, what was being, I guess, critiqued at the time. And I said it's mostly a a history of games and the controls, but at the end, he has a paragraph or two like kind of predicting like where um, things could go off. And I think it'd be also interesting to talk to, I guess expand on that and see like if oh that's he was kind of right on that or oh didn't even mention this and this is now a huge deal 
Right, right. Because this is and like the Wii just came out during this year. So just to give it some context to like how long ago this was, the first Wii, not the Wii U, the original Wii. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember when that came out. That was kind of seemed like a gimmick that really, I guess, made its own space and, and found a way to stay, I guess, relevant for that entire uh, console's uh, generation. Yeah, it was I pretty mean, strong, I think. Yeah, that that could do its whole episode too, like how how ballsy of a move that was. But that that's again, that's a precise to point. So I guess we'll just kind of get into uh, get into it with this article. I don't know if you wanted to kind of start us off with this. Yeah, so this article actually starts off with, uh, I guess, a game called Space War from 1961. Mm -hmm. And uh, in in this article, there's a couple of pictures. It's a very, I mean, I don't know how to really explain it. It's pretty rudimentary. I mean, I guess it's kind of par for the course for 1961. But it's basically almost like two toggle buttons, one that goes Mm -hmm. horizontal and one that goes vertical. Yeah. Um, And like I said, this was... Uh, for a game called uh, Space War, mm-hmm. and it was for the what the PDP dash one, which was uh, I guess it was an action based game. It, it doesn't really say too much other than it's two spaceships flying around a sun trying to shoot torpedoes at each other. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's pretty rudimentary. Uh, I guess this would be considered a a two player game. I guess. Yeah, and like one of the other notes I have there, um, yeah, I think it was an action game. I think it was competitive, I want to say. I don't have all those details, but I know a big thing was this is kind of like the first example of a game affecting the controls because, like, kind of what you were saying, like, there's, like, these all these switches for, like, in the, all the cardinal directions and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then for switches, for, like, you know, the actions and stuff. And obviously that is not, you know, um, what's it called? Uh it's just not good scheme. It, it's complicated and it, it's it, it just makes things confusing. So they actually worked that down from five switches to two switches. So you know, like one is just pure, you know, movement, and the other is like meant for actions like speeding and uh, shooting and things like that. Yeah, it, but surprisingly enough, uh, this wasn't the first controller, right? There, there was one a little bit earlier, uh, I believe. Yeah, so this was like uh, the first action game. I think anyone who knows, I think any, you, if you had to guess what game was like the first actual video game, then you, I think a lot, I think half people could guess it. It's Pong, or at the time it was called Tennis for Two, and this was in 1958. And everyone knows, yeah, it's just you know the two blocks on each side of the screen. It was a ball, and you just, or well, not even a ball, it's like a square, and just. You know, you hit it past each other, and that's yeah, that's the goal. Hit the ball past each other, and that's how you win the game. And the control for this was um, a paddle, which is you know, it just looks <laughs> like. I mean, I, the best way to describe it is yeah, kind of like in like actual like you know ping pong. It was kind of like a paddle looking thing, and it would have a like a knob and a button on it, and that's that's all you would need. And that was like an example of a controller being designed specifically for the game. Right, so that I mean, there wasn't really much leeway into what what could be done with with this controller because it was, like you said, specifically designed for, right? I guess tennis for two, which later uh, became Pong and like what uh, for Atari in like 1975. Yeah, it would obviously, yeah, think of it like kind of like the alpha, or maybe like even the pre-alpha for Pong. Okay, okay, and then. Uh, 
I mean, like, you know, games didn't really, I mean, because, I mean, I guess, so gaming is kind of a new, I mean, it is a new art form, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, people don't realize how old it is, right? So, like, we're talking about 1958, something really simple. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, video games didn't really make it into the home space until Atari. Like, and that's, what, the maybe late 70s? You know, I'd say mid to late like 70s. It's, uh, it's, it, it, it took a while. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure why this article didn't delve too much into that, but, you know, it, it took some time for it to, I guess, be mass produced and have, I guess, it become popular enough to for people to think, OK, we can sell this and have people play it at home. And like you said, the first home console of this was the Atari 2600, which I think which has the iconic controller of just a joystick with, you know, that red button. Yeah. You know, in the I want to say the top left corner, and and that's all it was. So that's all you really needed, because at this time it was just all 2D games. Right, right. <clears throat> there was really no, I mean, I don't want to say no depth, but I mean that's in a, in a way when Pong <laughs> came out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In a way, you go left but, and right. That's it. No, no, like you know, no Z axis. Just X and Y. Yeah, yeah. And so, I think the, this is the uh, best example of, oh, sorry, not to cut you off, but like this is no, huge, not only for the yeah. first home console, but uh, a good point that was brought up. This is the, that was the first controller to be designed to take on multiple types of games. This is like the okay. example, the first example of a generic controller where like multiple games could be designed around it. Okay. And from what I was reading, there was also like a good driving controller that came out in 1977, but only one game utilized it, and that was Indy 500, according to the article, right? I, th I believe so, and that that was pretty revolutionary, I would say, because that's yeah, that's like the first example of like having something besides a controller control the game. Like obviously now steering wheels, <clears throat> you know, that's just something you use, but. You think in the 70s, someone playing this is like, oh, my God, like, what am I doing? Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at pictures, and like you said, was I mean, really simple. The uh, the Atari driving completely just kind of a wheel that you kind of could rotate <laughs> clockwise or counterclockwise with no, I mean, maybe one button, it looks like, on the uh, left uh, shoulder. I mean, it was very, very simple. So, I mean, <laughs> we're at the very beginning, so... Eventually, they started adding a couple more buttons, uh, like the D-pad, which, I mean, the D-pad is like, I mean, it's no big deal, right? I mean, it's right. everything utilizes the D-pad in some way, whether it be accessing, you know, other weapons or spells or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's just, it's it's a no-brainer, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, <clears throat> I think it was saying one of the first uh, consoles to actually utilize this uh, was the what is it the Atari 7800? Yeah, that was the first no, no, no. one to. I think that was the first oh, one actually the... utilize it, but it was the okay, uh, okay. the NES that that stood the test of time. Like that is the one I guess that had the best design. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, everybody everybody knows Nintendo. Everybody knows, you know, uh, Mario Bros. Mar you know, all, all that stuff. That's that's iconic. You know yeah, I mean? so like the NES, you know, the D-pad on the left, the select and start buttons in the middle, and you have the two red buttons on the right. Well, like an A and a B button, right? Yeah, I believe it's just A and B. And considering that most of the games were platforming, that's that's perfect. That's all they needed. Yeah, so it's just, you know, 
up, down, left or right. So the down would be used to like crouch or something and up uh, could be used in conjunction with like a A or B to jump maybe a little higher. Uh, so still no Z axis and, and pretty much all the games were uh, side scrollers, right? Yeah, still pretty much at this point we're, we're in the 2D era. Um, the biggest thing with the D-pad now is it offered more variety and flexibility with the mm-hmm. uh, types of games that could be used. So now you can have things like flying games and or like platforming. Now we're getting like Mario and like basically any like arcade game. It, it was probably on the internet right, right. as well. Like, you know, Turtles in Time, you know, beat em ups and stuff like that. So, the, I mean, this it was all controls were kind of like this for a while, right? Until the introduction of uh, maybe some more upgraded PC controls and an- analog sticks, right? Yeah. So when it comes to, yeah, so like just to kind of keep it in, uh, you know, in a, in a certain time in a timeline here we'll kind of jump into the pc but with pc it's crazy to think that there's been some big steps in it but it once these big evolutions happen that's it like it it's like this is it we're done because this is as good as this controls can get on pc while on the home consoles it's always like all right you can always get better there's always improvements the pc is like mouse keyboard that's it that's all you got that's all you need. <laughs> well i mean I would argue that, that PC also, I mean, they, they began utilizing VR systems way before, like, PSVR and stuff. And those kind of, you know, had their own set of issues. And, and I mean, there are multiple different kind of schemes for those uh, kind of hand VR controllers. Oh, uh, no, yeah, that's true. Um, it's been, it's, it's, that's always been growing pains. I think that's just more of, like, the uh, uh, under VR itself when it comes to, like, you know, what I meant specifically was like, you know, like like we're getting at here, we added joysticks, we added the D-pad, and, you know, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about, you know, the uh, the addition of analog sticks, um, the shoulder buttons, that's a big thing. With PC, it's just like the only thing they really changed was like a couple of certain things, like just and not even the controls themselves, just like, oh, we should make the mouse do this instead of the keyboard. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's obvious. Like, obvious today it's obvious, but back then it's like, oh. This just makes things way easier. And the the biggest thing that it's a small one, but I think a big thing was like old games back then used the arrow keys to move, whereas today obviously it's WASD. <clears throat> yeah, that's so because the the arrows are so close. Like you're gonna have your hands like maybe seven or eight inches away from each other, depending on how your setup is. Yeah. So it's then, kind of. Weird. Yeah, and it, it's very weird. And then um, I'm not sure how things were back then, but like I feel. Like, yeah, like so you like you'd have to use your right hand to do it, right? Or you use your left hand to do it, and then you use your right hand on the mouse. But that's like super uncomfortable, you know? Right. Most people, yes. most people are right-handed. Like for you, I guess that would be a huge deal because <laughs> you're lefty. But well, even then, I feel like that'd still be weird because it's just not something you're used to. Yeah. So there's a, a basically the first game to use uh, the WASD keys was. Uh, I think it was Dark Castle in 1986. Uh, mm-hmm. according, according to Wikipedia, I don't want to steal all the credit like I'm an <laughs> encyclopedia of knowledge. Uh, but uh, according to this article here, it's it's saying uh, the first game to actually use WASD by default was Half Life in 1998, which mm. kind of popu- popularized uh, the use of uh, WASD and uh, FPSs. That makes a so. lot of sense. Really that's crazy to talk about it <laughs> yeah because i mean people forget like how some of these older games how uh how big they weren't and the reasons why they were big right because they set 
all these presents for all these other games. So now we're used to playing the most refined versions of whatever those uh, assets or what whatever are. And then it you go back to spoiled. this. Yeah, of course. I mean, just going back to PS3 or PS2 games, <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, controls, I mean, as far as the smoothness and responsiveness, I've really, I mean, they, they improve all the time. Yeah, no, for, uh, yeah, it's crazy to think. Like, now it's more like, I feel like we're in a period of refinement, whereas, you know, in, during this this time period we were talking about, like, this was, like, huge steps and evolution was taking place. So I can see people just why certain games, when they were the first to do something, this is why they've stood the test of time. This is why people always talk about them. And yeah. the, oh, an example of this is two iconic franchises, which have got, you know, a, a second wind, second life uh, recently, uh, semi-recently, uh, Wolfenstein and Doom. These were the oh, first okay. on PC from id Software. These were the, um, I want to say the first two, or f- at least the ones that made it popular, uh, first first-person shooters with 3D environments. So you could actually like go around and like go through like actual places instead of just going from the screen side to side. Right. So do you, do you have any experience with with Wolfenstein or, or Doom? Um, man, a little, a little. Um, we we uh, before we get into it, uh, I had the Sega Genesis and which I think we'll do have a port of these games, but it we just never were able to get a hold of these probably because it was, they were super popular. And we just, even after the fact, a couple of years after the fact, you just could never get a hold of them. By the time I did, I was like already, you know, like, you know, in my twenties and stuff. And, you know, I was still able to appreciate them and stuff and see like, Oh, this is still fun. But I guess I like, I don't have that experience as a, as a kid with them. Did you? So I think, I want to say maybe 16 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wolfenstein is actually on uh, the PlayStation Store. So I have it on mm-hmm. PS3, and it's unadulterated. It's, it's the same exact, very simplistic, you know, controls as uh, as the original. Uh, I mean, I played it for a little bit. It did get kind of old. It was cool, you know, seeing some basically run up against a wall and press the action button to kind of see if there's any uh, hidden doors. Yeah. That was kind of cool. But my, my first, I mean, th- that was really my first foray into, like, Wolfenstein or, you know, id Software. But, of course, I think, you know, a lot of people have played the uh, reboots of uh, Wolfenstein and, and Doom, which, mm-hmm. I mean, they're freaking awesome. Yeah, that, that just the, I would say, just thinking about those, the change in, like, you know, not only graphics, but, like, controls as well in, the, well in those games. It's, in, it's insane to think just how much, how much different they are. Um Another big deal about these games too was like I believe they were the first games that required a uh, mapping. Like the developers had to actually think like, okay, what buttons are we going to use for these? Things? Really? That, that wasn't a problem before. Because mm-hmm, of the 3D. Right, right. And, and the, the different and the different things. Yeah, it's kind of a. Yeah, it's a first person. And I will say, you know, it's saying that these are kind of like the first 2D first person shooters. Mm-hmm. I know they did kind of have you know light gun experiences before then, which I, I would. I guess consider a first-person shooter. You know, there's a, the Terminator, the T2 game on SNES. Uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, way after that, the uh, House of the Dead series. But th- but that's way later. That's, that's definitely established yeah. into the 3D. But, yeah, that Terminator one was really a simple 2D kind of light gun uh, shooter. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I would argue is, you know, I mean, a first-person shooter, I guess. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that I mean, that's... 
I would say that's really my first experience with with FPSs was that was that Terminator game that you might see at like a bar or like at a retro uh, kind of gaming arcade. I mean, yeah. there's quite a few out there. No, yeah, like definitely, and especially during this time on PC, first person shooters were the jam. Like, and they still are, obviously, because well, as as we get into next, the controls are just perfect for uh, first person shooters on the PC. Um, so for so Doom, this was the also that was also the first game to um, have different latitudes in the game. So they actually had to add a control so you can look up and down. What? Yep. But I say you had 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 buttons. I believe it was the print a uh, page up or page down buttons you had to press to look up and down, which obviously is horrible. And uh, I, from what I read, <laughs> a lot of people just didn't even bother with that. They would just you know go through the game as is and you know, find, just change, I guess, go upstairs and stuff, or take elevators to, like, get the enemies there. Um, but so then, so then the developers, the studio uh, knew this, they saw that and went, all right, we gotta add something, we gotta change this up. So the next game, Quake, added mouse mm-hmm. look. And obviously now it's like, okay. oh yeah, no shit, like, that's just how things work, but again, this is this is what they decided, like, okay, this is, this is a new feature we got to add and that was like the last big thing that was added to like you know the controls of a pc and again it's it's i'm starting because it seems so obvious now like duh use the mouse to look like even when i was little i'm like okay i saw like oh the camera moves with the mouse okay and that's it to think like there was a time where that wasn't the case is just so bizarre <laughs> yeah people really forget i mean i guess what, what the origins of gaming were and, and what you know, gaming has evolved from, and uh, I mean, even like you're saying with Doom, it wasn't really like a incremental like up or down. It was kind of like a toggle. Like you had three positions, yeah. like up, you know, neutral, and, and aiming down. Like that. That's so ridiculous to think about now. <laughs> you know, there was no really in between. Like there is, you know, now you you can, uh, I guess, look at the entire z-axis, and 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 <laughs> I mean, you have you can aim. You know, basically anywhere you want to, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like wherever the mouse can go, that's it. That's 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 what you got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you were saying before, to think like it was just like like a lever system essentially for your neck. It had no turn. It was just up, down, straight. That's it. <laughs> so ridiculous, <laughs> right? I just I, I I was reading that. I'm like, really? I just thought like since then. Like, since the first PC game, like, oh, obviously, use the mouse to look. But, again, it kind of just goes back to, like, well, we know that because that's just – it was already established by the time we got into gaming. Yeah, definitely. It's well established by – yeah, for like sure. Said, like, that's pretty much it when it comes to, like, the PC. Like, that's – that's it's done. Like, it's perfected. <laughs> this is why it's the master race, as they say. Like, it's the mouse keyboard, and that's all you need. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... Man, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty much, it's, it's, I don't know, it's it's still just boggling to the mind, I guess. No, yeah, like uh, I said, it, it was so simple, so, like, when you hear that those were not the original features or controls, it's like, it, it just really takes you back. But, I mean, so, that's on the computer side, so on the, the home console side, people mm-hmm. are still dealing with not being able to look up and down, I guess, for for quite a while right until the introduction of maybe a 
I guess a powerful enough console that because from what I understand, mm-hmm. I think Super Nintendo could play Wolfenstein. I'm not sure about Doom, but um, it wasn't really until the introduction of the analog stick that you could really, you know, utilize, you know, looking up, down, and, and any other direction you really wanted to, right? Yeah. So um, before we get into the analog sticks, <laughs> um, which is going to be the very next topic for this, do you know what the first two home 3D consoles were? Do you remember? Uh, was it a Nintendo 64 and uh, the Sega Saturn? You got one of them. So the N64 is important. You and you probably because you're jumping the gun a bit on that. Uh, Sega Saturn, yes, which is something I didn't know. But the other one was PlayStation One. Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. So the, yeah, so they added, so the big things with those initially were they added the shoulder button, so, you know, L1, L2, R1, R2, or whatever it was on Sega Saturn. We didn't have that, so I can't say for sure. Um, They yeah, added right. some more face buttons, and like you were saying, too, with the D-pad, so now we have, you know, now starting to become more, like, uh, representative of what we see uh, controllers today as. Um, and the big thing was this, though, is that with the 3D, now, since they have 3D environments, with the D-pad, this led to tank controls. Right, but before we jump too far ahead, you mentioned the PlayStation controller. Didn't the mm-hmm. first controller actually not have analog sticks, though? Yes, and was, it did not. Yeah. It, and, th- and that's why you had the tank controls. Like, so obviously the biggest, best example of this is Resident Evil. And for right, people right. who don't know, maybe not know what does it mean with the tank controls. Well, basically, you move like a tank. So, like, wherever you're facing, that's where you're going. So, like, say you're moving around, you want to go straight, you're going straight, and then you're like, oh, I need to go left. You can't just, while you're moving, you can't go left while you're moving. you got to stop, turn left, and then you can go, you know, straight. Which, in a game where... Especially with this it's about not getting killed by zombies, that could be a little bit frustrating. Yeah, I actually played a little bit of the original Resident Evil. I didn't play the remake, but the actual original one, and man, it was so <laughs> frustrating. You got to stand there and basically take your lumps when you're trying to fight this uh, zombie. You know? Yeah, you, you can't just, yeah, exactly. You can't just like, oh, just run. Oh, and you go left. Okay, go left. No. You got to, oh, I'm going straight. Oh, and you go left. Stop slowly turn your character to the left. Okay, now go. Yeah. And that, and that was the struggle with the D-pad. <laughs> that's so shit. But even, like, for instance, I mean, jumping way ahead, uh, Resident Evil 5, uh, Resident Evil 4 had kind of a, it kind of, you know, you had to stop and, and fight, kind of, I guess I kind of paid homage to the original Resident Evils. Yeah, so, like, that, I feel, was more of, like, a design choice. This, yeah. I think, was more of, like, this was the limitations of the technology at the time. Right, right, yeah. I mean, that is true. I just um, don't understand why. <laughs> I mean, why you would continue to go with that? I mean, it just I guess maybe they thought like, oh, it's iconic now. The shitty controls, so we just gotta roll with it. I don't know. I mean, some people like it. I mean, for a challenge, I can definitely see it. Um, I digress. Uh, so with this. Um, obviously, it wasn't ideal. Um, it's not like this is more like a niche thing where people are like, I like this. I think most people are like, this is, we can't keep doing this. This is awful. So this right. is where the N64 comes in, the Nintendo 64. Because now this is the first cons- home console with the analog stick. 
and this they designed this specifically for Mario 64. Okay, yeah, I actually so I got the Nintendo 64 around the time it came out, and I had mm-hmm. Mario 64, I had uh, the Legend of Zelda, I had of course the uh, I don't know if I really I'm, I assume we're gonna head into it, so, but yeah, the 007. Classic. Oh, I was gonna say yeah. So lucky, no, we were a Sega, we were a Sega, we were a Sega family. So I had to go to my cousins to play the uh, the N64. I loved both, but yeah, definitely something. I think yeah, the part of us definitely like, oh god, we should have gone to Nintendo 64. Yeah, it's uh, that was such a big part of my childhood. I, I remember uh, playing you know bond and and super mario world and i mean a bunch of other race i mean nintendo 64 is just such a good uh console pokemon stadium and the mm-hmm. the other one where you're taking pictures of the little pokemon i forget i forget what it's called oh i don't know yeah, yeah. It, I, I, yeah they, they did a weird thing. i have never other weird games like glover that was a weird one on the n64 yeah, you just play like a big glove. Right? Yeah, I don't know the whole story about that but yeah it was that a uh, conqueror's bad fur day uh banjo kazooie yeah, Conquerors was a really bad one, uh, really weird one too, because it was such uh, odd. Uh, it was vulgar. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, because everything else, I mean, uh, and Nintendo was like really, you know, child friendly and mm-hmm. super, you know, I mean, and nothing too raunchy, but the, but yeah, Conquerors of the Day was like really raunchy, bloody. I mean, it was everything. Yeah, it, it was it was wow like i saw that i'm like this is on nintendo are you kidding me this would never get past like the first level of development nowadays um yeah <laughs> it's so it was so crazy uh <laughs> but yeah like getting back getting back to the uh when the n64 first came out so yeah like i said this was designed for a uh, mario 64 and the big mm-hmm. thing about this was um the hardware and the software developers worked together on this to uh, find out what controller they needed for a 3d platforming game which mario 64 was the first of its kind and they that's when they thought that's when they came up with the idea like we need an analog stick and and we need for the players to be able to control the camera right right which is analog stick, obviously for controls and it's just, yeah. I, I i forgot what the yellow buttons did because it's just been so long the yellow buttons on the n64 control the camera Right, right. Hence the the four C button. Mm-hmm. <laughs> button. Yeah, like I, you know, I guess except I'm sure when I played it at the time, like, oh yeah, I know what it is, but because I haven't played that in like over 15 years, it's like, what, what, what did those yellow buttons do? And then I read this, I'm like, all right. So at this time, this is really groundbreaking stuff because it's the first one to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. now I mean, you, you can't. Uh, play a home console without there being some uh, an analog st- or two analog sticks oh yeah and that's another thing too there's only one analog stick like you look right. at the n64 it's like what is this it's How a mess controller <laughs> yeah i don't know if it's a, a sex toy or or i'm gonna play mario 64 yeah it's like two controllers morphed in the middle and then the like and then where like the controllers met it just became one big control a stick that's like what it looks like yeah, I mean it's I mean but Nintendo has like they have a history of just making weird controllers. I guess and that all started with the Nintendo 64. Uh and I mean I guess really got boosted up with the introduction of the Wii for sure. But uh I mean how even the GameCube one was wild. Oh, dude, I I forgot about the GameCube. Yeah. 
Yeah, which is that's kind of their forgotten console, which is a shame because there's good stuff on there. And when I say the GameCube controller is wild, it's weird looking, but honestly, pretty pretty good to hold. <laughs> See, I didn't I didn't I didn't mess with it too much. I uh, definitely from at that age, I was stuck on the uh, PlayStation uh, fanboy train for sure. Yeah, I think at this point too, because yeah, I think it was it came with uh, the same generation as the Xbox and PS2, I want to say. Right. So, and I don't think they marketed it well. That, like I said, that's this whole thing. That's something I I definitely want to get my hands on. I've only played the GameCube a handful of times, but I enjoyed it. Um, like I said, yeah, like that, and I think that's another big reason why the N64 is now an iconic console is because it was the first to do these things and because of that it has like you know some of the most iconic games out there and so do, were there any other uh features that we really see as standard now that they kind of added around the time period maybe to the nintendo 64 i think as or... far as the nintendo 64 not really like i said the biggest things obviously with the analog stick and the ability to control the camera but to control the camera with buttons like you said the four yellow seat buttons yeah, but didn't they? Because uh, remember that there was like a slot in the controller that could do a bunch of weird stuff. I think it served as a maybe a memory card, and then you, they had like a what is it like a vibration, like a rumble rumble pack in it. Oh yes, yeah, I totally forgot about that. I think the N sixty four too was like was it the? I think it was like yeah, you could add the rumble pack to it. Um, I want to say though the one that made that like you know standard was the PS two controller. Was where it had like the haptic feedback. Uh, I think. I, th- I think. Oh, no, no, no. There was a game. There was a game on the N64 that did have the Rumble Pack. No, no, no. It's starting to, it's starting to come back to me. Uh, Star oh, Fox. Yes, there you go. Okay, I thank God I, I did write it down just a little later. Yes. So as for if anyone knows like haptic feedback or Rumble Pack, it's vibration is what we now know it as. And then uh, on PS1, it, MGS really had a cool little thing during uh b- the boss fight right with the uh, praying mantis or what was is that his name praying psycho mantis <laughs> oh, it was a yeah, yeah, place yeah, you're good i forgive you it happens i mean i totally forgot that yeah right the place the first playstation controller had vibration too because of this part i should have known i am ashamed now <laughs> um yeah so it's, like, long, had that. it's been a long 12 hours <laughs> we're both kind of out of it um no um before we did that too so like after this um because i thought this too like oh i i swear that the the original playstation had the two analog sticks too well now i know from this the og version of the controller just had you know it's the same controller minus the analog sticks after the n64 came out that's when sony added the two analog sticks to the playstation so one for the movement and then one for the control which obviously now is like the way to go and that's basically how things have worked since then okay and i remember the uh it also had a button right to turn on and off the analog sticks which to me is kind of a weird a weird feature that's like you you really want to turn off the analog sticks yeah i guess maybe that's more for people who are like so used to it like if you play like if like you said here if you play like metal gear solid maybe the analog stick is just isn't right for you and it's like that's fine especially with the way the camera is and stuff i'll just stick to the d-pad so yeah, it's crazy to think like for a while into well into the PS2 era, you could turn off the analog stick. Whereas now it's like use the analog sticks and the D-pad is has transitioned from movement to like quick selection or inventory or like you know secondary things stuff like that. Right, right. And then 
Yeah, it's, it's just it's just so crazy to, to right? think about. I mean, imagine if The Last of Us did not have analog sticks or oh god. Yeah, and and, and yeah, I, well, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but there's definitely been. I feel like now we're in a, an area of experimentation and maybe some refining um, with with some of the uh, things that have already been on on. Uh, the controllers, I feel like there's a lot of refining going on in, in, in uh, experimentation. Like, uh, we'll, we'll we'll just keep going. We'll keep going. Yeah, yeah. So we're near the end of this article. Um, so like after the analog sticks, I mean, really, there's only been a, at the time of this article, there were only a few big developments since then, being the haptic feedback, the vibration, as we now know, is like you know commonplace, and analog buttons, which is basically um the game responding to how hard you press a button. Which is mainly used in driving games. Okay, yeah, for like you know, speed or like you're pressing a throttle more or whatever, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, okay. And there was like you said, there was some experimentation. Um, like you said, we mentioned light guns. Um, a weird controller. This would technically be a controller. Would be like the Dance Dance uh, Revolution pads. That's kind of like a lot like, of gimmicky. You know, yeah, gimmicks that you'd only use. Okay. And, um, and the, the first one here that I mentioned. Which, when I think of this, I think of the Connect, but I forgot about, I completely forgot about this. It was a Sony iToy, which would be like, you know, motion detecting, but like you, not like motion controller. Right. And it, like I said, this is this is on the PS2. This is, the technology was not there at all. Like on the Connect, it wasn't even there. So imagine it worse. That's probably what the Sony iToy is. Yeah, I remember. The Kinect just seemed really gimmicky, uh, and, and it's, it's just kind of weird because whenever you think of a gimmick, you think of something that only works with maybe one, mm-hmm. with maybe one thing. Um, where because you know the Kinect's meant to work with multiple uh, different things, and uh, yes, Jeffrey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you good? You good? <laughs> Can you hear him? Yeah, yeah, good. it's all good. I'm lucky. My cats are away right now, so. You- I know once in a while they'll be they'll jump on here, gotta throw them off. Yeah, yeah. Well, he just walked in the room. He's kind of <laughs> needy lately. Uh, <laughs> but uh, whenever you think you think of a gimmick, you think of something that works with just one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like like I don't know if you've uh, there's that Tony Hawk game. Uh, I don't know Tony Hawk Ride or whatever, where they could, the controllers a skateboard. Do you know what I'm I talking don't... about? I don't know if I remember that. I, I believe you, but I, I have no recollection of that. <laughs> yeah, it had four sensors. I had one on the left, right, front, and back. And you actually go down and touch them to uh, to do like a move or something. Yeah, and it, it was, I think it was called Sony. Ho- Sony. Sony That's a good yes. name for us, for something. Sony I Hawk. create it. Sony were to buy the rights to it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Sony Hawk. You know, and then of course. Of course, like you brought up earlier, uh, uh, Dance Dance Revolution. That that's I mean you can't I mean you could technically I guess use uh, yeah. that pad with another game, but I mean you're not really going to. Or even um, Guitar Hero or Rock Band, oh, you know. Yeah. I mean that that's I mean I mean I guess you could use those with each other, right? You can use the Rock Band guitar with the with the Guitar Hero, but I mean pretty much anything else that that's it. Yeah, and I know some people have like you know, crazy bastards. They played like they played they've mapped like buttons to their like Guitar Hero controller, and it's like all right, I'm gonna play Dark Souls now. 
Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. And, I mean, that's ridiculous because Dark Souls, I've never really gotten into it. But, of course, everybody knows how hard Dark yeah, Souls no. is. And to beat it with a fucking guitar, like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's kind of like now what they're kind of used for is, like, you know, for streaming or, like, little, like, YouTube videos where it's like, I'm a, this is the challenge. I'm like, all right, this, I'll watch this. This is insane. <laughs> um, and before yeah. we go uh, too far off into that, um, uh, so those were, like, the things at the time. Um, and like I said, things that he touched upon but couldn't elaborate on that much because they were still pretty new were touch screens and motion sensing. So, no, like, the DS, Nintendo DS in the Wii. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to uh, just kind of... I have it written out here because, like I said, this is always nice to kind of look back upon and, I guess, see what was the thought process, I guess, at the time. Uh, So last paragraph of this article, the future of game controllers is unknown. If the Nintendo Wii is is as successful as the Nintendo DS, then gesture recognition and pointer technology could be the future of all game control. If the Wii fails, then players will continue using regular gamepads until a new, cheap, more immersive technology arrives. It can be seen that controls and games can affect each other equally. Their earliest games had to work with whatever limited technology was available, while some of the more recent games can push development of a controller down a specific path that usually ends up helping all games like it. Yeah, so I see here it mentions PlayStation 3 have this as an added functionality, which I distinctly remember because it's called Six Axis. I remember yes. it was like a big thing when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was like a dragon game where you can kind of fly the dragon and, and you know, whatever motion you made the controller, if you, you know, leaned it to the left or right, which I can only imagine how horrible it is. <laughs> Even Call of Duty uh, 3 had a very simple one where you uh, – if you just kind of yank the controller like you're, you know, about to throw it, it would yeah. cause your guy to to basically uh, hit somebody with the butt of the rifle, like a bash button, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then another cool one, which I thought was actually really cool, uh, was in Killzone 2, whenever you're using the sniper, um, oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, whenever you're aiming down the sights, whatever little movement you did, it was kind of like the, the sway of the, mm-hmm. of the sniper rifle. Yeah. So that was... That was pretty cool. I, I did appreciate that one for sure. Um, the other ones just kind of seemed gimmicky. And you know what? I think even in uh, GTA 4, you can use six axis to fly a helicopter. Yes, I do remember that. Oh, my God. I think, yeah, it's one of those things where like, I completely forgot that was like a feature in a game in games. And I, I think it's it's just something that just never really – they never try to develop things for. Um, yeah. For whatever reason. Probably because it wasn't – that responsive you know i'm sure now it could be done uh but yeah like you said in 2006 when this first came out i was probably like mm, we're not there yet buddy yeah and i mean even the uh the wii was still i mean it was pretty innovative for the time yeah um, for sure did, did it have a camera that tracked the movement or it was all in the the controllers i think right i think there was a camera oh god my my sister had the wii we played it all the time it was so it was you know, it's maybe as clunky as it could be with certain games. The shit was fun. Um, oh, yeah. It was really fun. Uh, I, I I honestly don't remember. I want to say there was some kind of like maybe not a camera, but some kind of motion detect- detector. I want to say. Don't quote me on that. Like maybe a little bar or something. Something like, that might be it. That might be it. So like maybe like the connect. Like because um, the connect was like a bar and a camera. Okay, it might have been like an IR blaster kind of bar that kind of. I well, I don't know. Yeah. I say it's been such yeah. a long time, so sorry for getting this like all wrong, but 
I haven't played the Wii in over 10 years, so much longer than that, honestly. So. And so, like like you said, I mean, this article was written in 2006. So, I mean, now, mm-hmm. like on the PS4 and the PS5, we have uh, kind of a touch screen on our – well, not a, necessarily a screen, but kind of a touch on our uh, controllers, right? I mean, we yeah, have that so like touchpad. Yeah, so that's something that they didn't catch on. Not their fault. They can't see the future. But, yeah, like the touchpad would probably be the next big thing uh, uh, for, for us specifically on um, Sony. And I think at first that was mostly just like a quick menu thing. Um, right, I, right. It seems like recently now, with like later in the generation, the PS4 now, I can't say for the PS5 because I motherfuckers can't find one. Um, it, it's being implemented more now for sure. So basically what I was talking about was refinement and kind of, you know, a little bit of experimentation. Because uh, like with the PS5, they really did uh, improve the haptic feedback. When you're driving, you can kind of like almost feel the bumps like in the – like you can, you can feel the vibration of the car and the mm-hmm. – the, controllers where does that sound just a little purrs and like whenever the the engine picks up and you know uh rpms or like that you can kind of like feel that in the controller and then the adaptive uh triggers so the triggers actually press back i mean it's just gonna ask you feature you can turn off or on yeah so call of duty like if you're picking up a a heavier gun like if you're about to shoulder a let's say a i don't know a light machine gun Mm -hmm. you're gonna have a little bit more uh feedback or you're gonna have to press back a little bit harder on that trigger i mean even online yeah which a lot of people turn it off because it's you know if you're fast twitch you're trying to yeah you know, aim as fast as you can uh and then with the lighter guns like pistols are like really way easier to you know aim out the sights <sighs> excuse me i'm sorry man i just it's but we're recording this after work so if, yeah. we're, if we're sounding a little tired or like we're having we're taking breaths like not <laughs> trying to yawn that is the reason why I hate <laughs> yeah, I woke up at 4.30 this morning, so Jeez, it's uh, like 9, 9.31 now. I have no right to bitch. <laughs> oh, no, uh, dude, it's on day's work, <laughs> as they say. Uh, um, so you got that with the PS5. I think now a, a huge thing, I think, it's not entirely true now, but what he said is, you know, um, we're using regular gamepads until a new, cheap, more immersive technology arrives. It is not cheap, but I think it will no, be someday. No. But this is basically VR. Right. With this so I, I have the PSVR and I know you. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me your first experience because you, you came over and you played Skyrim, which is a game we both fucking love. Mm-hmm. How was playing it in VR? How did that change your experience, do you think, uh, opposed to even if you were to play a super modded out version of Skyrim on mm-hmm. PC or whatever? How yeah. different was the uh, the immersion factor as far as uh, Skyrim goes? Yeah, so like, so first, I will say, I have seen the PlayStation 5 now. It is real, and it's not just a hoax, so I'm not, let's just clarify that now. It is real for people who haven't seen it. I have seen it now. And two, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, with the VR, I've had experiences with it, but not, like, you know, heavy. So, like, when you showed me it with the uh, first Skyrim and then uh, the Batman Arkham uh, VR. Uh, yeah, jumping to Skyrim... It was pretty cool at first, just kind of like, it took a while to set up. Uh, it was kind of, I want to say a pain, but it's just like, it's a process, obviously. Um, and so, but f- when you finally get in the menu, you kind of see the, the main menu screen. You're like, oh, that's cool. You can kind of, you know, use like little nunchuck, nunchucks to like move it, select, and then obviously when it fades in, and you open your eyes and you see, you know, you're in the wagon. And it's like, oh, it's that iconic meme, whatever. 
But then I realized, like, I look, I'm like, oh, my God, they're, like, right next to me. Oh, God, I can, like, I can touch them if I want to. It was, yeah. I was taken aback. Like, I know, like, a couple times you had to, like, correct me and go, like, Jacob, turn this way. Because you're, like, going too crazy. Like, I'm trying to turn my whole body everywhere. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, you got to face the screen. Yeah, so that's one of the biggest setbacks, I will say, opposed to, like, the Quest 2 is mm-hmm. you actually have a, a a light that tracks the position of the uh, move controllers, the little light ball, and then also there's a couple yeah. of light indicators on the headset itself. Whereas the Quest, I don't believe, has any cameras and can kind of be used anywhere, but is a lot less powerful than maybe the PSVR for, or, you know, an Oculus Vibe or whatever. Yeah, so, like, I feel like we're kind of in that place where um i mean hell like five or six years ago vr was starting to become a thing we're like ah it's a joke whatever and now it's still trying to find its footing but i think it's getting to the point now we go oh shit this is actually this is actually something we can play like this now. i think it's it's really getting some credibility like because we're having some real games put on it right the whole ass skyrim game got put on it then you have half-life alex right you yeah. have uh Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, Resident Evil 7. I mean, these are some hard-hitting games that are really good. Like it's becoming uh, like, like, you know, like, like, like a port for right now. Yeah, yeah. And I think they just released uh, GTA San Andreas in VR, believe oh, it or not. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might I feel hurt like my that'd eyes. Be, I would say that actually might, might be sick. I, I don't get really motion sickness, but I feel like seeing that, I'd probably get freaked out too. Like, ugh, this is... A, <laughs> what the hell is this? I don't like this. So so how did you feel about that? Because I know your favorite hero is, is Batman, really. So how was that Batman game? How'd you, I know it was really short, but besides yeah. that, how did you like that? Yeah, I think I agree with you there. It's like, I think that was more of like, a, what's it called? Like a demonstration of what yeah, they could do. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, like oh, I wish I could do more. For me, I think maybe like when it comes to like action stuff, I probably... At least now, I can't handle that kind of stuff. I was just like, that'd be a little too much for me. But that kind of like sleuth detective kind of feel, like that's perfect. That's like, a great, I think that's a perfect way to like introduce anyone that that can like, you know, uh, has any kind of decent handle on uh, modern technology. Like they can jump in there and go, okay, I can figure this out. It's, it's pretty simple, but it's, I loved it. I'm just seeing like, oh, I'm Batman now. Like it, it was a nice little thing. And then, you know, I, I what what what's the what is it, it makes you feel like Batman? Um, <laughs> but no, it, it it was nice like seeing like because one of the my favorite things from uh, the a Batman game that a lot of people talk about is uh, Arkham Origins, is that they put like a heavy emphasis on like deconstructing the scene, like in that yeah. like that one that one part in the Arkham VR, and and you do that like three or four times in that game, and it's it's really fun because you like that you have to like set the scene go through all these evidence these different types of uh yeah types of evidence and then piece together what happened and that was always a blast to do i think that was an underrated part of that game so it is kind of we able to do that here and then but also like actually kind of like feel like you're like you're literally there solving it it was it was a cool feeling so for me that's kind of like the game i would do if uh, i want to do more vr um i think that's like what it, it perfectly can handle right now not to say you can't do other things they can obviously like you said half-life alex is a great you know uh it really pushed the limits of what that's uh i guess system can do man so yeah i mean that one's really badass but another one i don't think you got to play on vr was uh super hot 
Oh, that yeah, that would probably be crazy. Super, super fun. Yeah, next time you come over, yeah, you definitely got to give that a try. Um, but, I, you know, to me, VR is getting some credibility. They're definitely adding some stuff. There's a – have you seen those omnidirectional treadmills they have for uh, VR now? And you can actually get one in your home. I mean, they're thousands of dollars, but you could get them. <laughs> so it, it basically holds you by the waist. Mm-hmm. And um, you kind of put these uh, – you, you kind of tape something to your shoe or you get a pair of shoes and, and you put these almost like a kind of like tap dance kind of things on them. So that way there's no friction between your – or there's less friction between your feet and the uh, – an omnidirectional treadmill. Yeah. And it allows you to move in game instead of using the the controller to kind of point where you're going so that's like another added Uh. level of uh immersion and then even that i mean i've even seen a video recently uh of some of the technologies that they're doing as far as controllers and actually uh you know having a sensation of touching something oh god and it's basically these kind of air uh I guess this kind of ribbed air system that's on the inner side, like I guess the inside part of your hand, and it fills up with air, you know, whenever you're touching something to kind of mm-hmm. give it a little bit of force back, you know, to, or a little bit of force. So that way it feels like you're holding something. Now, not necessarily in the general sense of the word, but I think with the, you know, what your mm-hmm. what your brain is thinking you're seeing and, and yeah. all this and that, it might definitely help. And I've even seen people you know, just Jerry rigs some things uh, like in Skyrim, they put a bunch of fans together. So if you went to a cold area, you would have fans blowing in your face, which it's yeah. a whole nother level. Yeah. I mean, Man, I mean, VR, VR porn's going to take off now. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that'll push the limits of VR and just give it to them and then they'll figure it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's yeah, it's insane to think. Like before, it was just like, oh, I'm in the game, cool. And now it's like, no, man, you're gonna, you you're gonna get shot, you're gonna feel it, you're gonna actually die. You see the well, Matrix. That's, there's actually a Battlefield Three. There's a video of people in Battlefield Three, and they they uh, one of the earlier models, the omnidirectional treadmill, was actually a moving kind of treadmill, I believe. And they had it to where if you got shot, I want to say you either got hit with paintballs or you got shocked. God damn. Yeah, and that, I mean, but this was something that caught, I mean, way outside of anybody's uh, range. And, you know, there had to be a pretty big room that they sat in. But, yeah, it cost thousands and probably tens of thousands of dollars to do. But, yeah, I remember so that, that was something that happened years ago. I mean, like I said, back in when Battlefield 3 came out. It's a while back. Shit. Wow. Yeah. No, yeah, it would be interesting to see, like, the thing, like, even by, you know, 2025, where VR is going to be, that's it could be kind of crazy to think about. It could be like completely. It could be this. I wouldn't. It wouldn't be surprised me if by then it was like a completely different beast, or it was pretty similar to where it is now. I wouldn't be surprised by either one of those happening. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just in the future. I mean, it's like makes me wonder. Like, hey, are we gonna move to a kind of a brain jack kind of matrix thing? We're gonna hook up, and your <laughs> essence is gonna kind of be surfing along in the internet i guess i i don't know oh god it, it's it's gonna be crazy to think man like hell like that's been crazy by 2025 who knows by 2030 what will happen uh, i mean i mean to think like i mean what is it like 10 years ago it was still like ps3 like near the end of the ps3 era right. to where to where we're at now that's a huge difference 
so who knows by then what the next year, 10 years will bring us, uh, where the next, you know, evolution and uh, controls and maybe not even someday, maybe not even have controls and not controllers in a way. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what Sony's going to do with the PSVR 2. I don't, I don't think they're going to do anything crazy like, you know, gloves that you put on and give you yeah. some kind of force feed, feedback or whatever. But just to see, you know, what what's what's the next step, you know, because whenever like the main players and something uh whenever something gets uh, you know hold of them and, and their attention innovations are are going to be made you know no yeah that's the thing it's it's you always kind of think like oh they can't they can't do anything better like they always there's always something there's always room for improvement and i guess i think vr will be that that huge thing now that huge next step into how games are consumed um and but before we get into I don't know if there's anything else. You, want, you have anything else to add on that? As far as controllers go, uh, man, not really. I mean, I think we really went over kind of the evolution of the the controllers really well. And and like I like Jacob said, sorry if we sound a little tired or whatever. But I I think you got off of work not too long ago, and I like I said, I've been <laughs> up since about four thirty. Uh, so yeah, we we've both been getting it today. You got two very dedicated hosts that are here for your entertainment and pleasure, but uh, in a good way, in a good way. We got to, you know, we we always try to make sure we uh, we record these like in a in, in at least an average mood. Um, no, not a mood like we're, we're angry or nothing, but, you know, like with decent energy, you know, try to we don't want to just be like dragging and seeing like we don't want to do this. But, you know, so there's times like, hey, desperate times, you got to record, man, when we can. So. Surprisingly, yeah, this is like the sure. first episode we're recording like after work. Usually, we're pretty good at uh, getting these on our days off. Yeah, but I just figured give it a try. I mean, uh, th- to me, this is definitely a, a mood booster. I mean, it's been it's been a rough week at work, of, uh, as I spoke to you about earlier. But uh, yeah, it's been a rough week, so this is definitely just. I mean, this is hanging out with my best friend. We are the two unrelated brothers. We've been friends for <laughs> what over over a decade, you know. Well, say pretty much like this really this point, like about half our lives now. Yeah, yeah, a little and, bit over. Uh, yeah, you know, at one point, I don't. Many people don't know, but we lived together. I mean, we really were <laughs> two brothers. I mean, if you needed something, I was here for you, and if I needed something, you were here for me, man. I remember when I was, I mean, to get off topic, I remember <laughs> when I was like dying of a. I, I went to a gas station, got nitro coffee. I guess oh, because the machine was God. cold opposed, opposed to hot, so maybe, like, bacteria grew in that machine. I was sick with food poisoning for, what, like, three days, four three days? Four I was days. dead in my room, like, throwing up and just shitting everywhere. And you you were a lifesaver. You were, you were coming in with the, the <laughs> power aids. You were coming in hot with them, dude. Yeah, I mean, you know? sure didn't die. And there was a time, too, when I, I, I finally caught the flu. And I was just like, I, I have never had it before. And I'm like, oh, it's not like, yeah, it can't be that bad. It's fucking bad. <laughs> and you're there, like, you got to be like fucking soup and shit. Like, it's, it's it sounds borderline romantic, but it's more like, I need to make sure this motherfucker lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we've we've been uh, there for each other for a really long time. And, and hey, I, I still am. And no, I know yeah, you still sure. are, too. No, so. yeah. It's, it was, it's always here. Like I said, same thing. It's always nice morale booster. It's. Like I said, it's a hobby. So, um, and before we get, before we uh end this one, um, I wanted to get into, I guess maybe small part two, of uh, actually, what kind of inspired you with this idea? This is, this episode was your idea. Um, 
this is more specifically when you talk about controllers, but real quick, just real quick, I want to talk about how the controller schemes changed. Yeah, yeah. So so what actually inspired me is uh I'm pretty sure the fear episode's already up by now. Mm-hmm. Um I was playing fear. I noticed how different they were as far as aiming down the sides and, and some of the buttons they used to reload or jump or whatever. And then I started playing Rainbow Six Vegas 1. And I was like, mm-hmm. fuck, man, these, these controllers were tripping me up. I was throwing grenades instead of reloading. I was doing all <laughs> oh, kinds yeah. of crazy shit. And uh, it just really made me think, like, man, you know, because now, I mean, I feel like games kind of follow the standard kind of, like, for instance, when you're a shoot, uh, playing a shooter, you can kind of expect something close to that Call of Duty control scheme that's been there since like what call of duty 3 um for sure you know so modern warfare at least yeah yeah definitely modern warfare so you know it, it wasn't always like that there was some wacky shit especially in the ps2 days i mean mm-hmm. there was some crazy yeah. stuff and i mean you were even talking about because i'm not really a driving game uh person but i know you you played a lot of driving games. You're telling me how even that evolved a lot. Well, yeah, well, think kind of back to like PS2 uh, with GTA. You know, X was to yeah. accelerate and Square was to, I think it was, yes, yeah, Square was to break and reverse. Whereas now it's right trigger to accelerate, um, left trigger to decelerate and reverse. You know, and now it's like, oh, yeah, that's way better now. But back then it's like, oh, this is, yeah, this is normal. Like changing the triggers is like, oh, I don't like this at the time. <laughs> Yeah, because they, they took off that kind of back support for the R2 and L2, and I think that's mm-hmm. when uh, those kind of got utilized for aiming down the sights and then pulling a, a trigger on a weapon or, you know, accelerating or decelerating. Yeah, so I actually have a, a couple of manuals here because I, I feel like this is the, probably the, one of the better examples here instead of just trying to f- remember what the controls were. So I have here manuals for Mercenaries, a classic, and the first Star Wars Battlefront, the PS2. Um, and I picked these specifically because Mercenaries was, I believe, 2005. Battlefront was 2004. So about a year difference, not huge. And then both by LucasArts. So you'd think they have similar controls, especially being um, mm-hmm. shooters. They do not. So I'm just going to give you a button, Jerry, and you try to tell me what you think that button does. So this is for Mercenaries. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. I, I, I told you a couple of these, so you may know, if you may remember X button. Okay. okay, so okay, so this one's cheating. I'm I'm tired, but I'm not that tired. I remember what this one <laughs> does. Uh, reload, which is so fucking odd nowadays. Isn't that fucking reload's insane? usually like square. Yes. Yeah. And, and even back then, I would say even the PS2 era, X usually I'd say is like jump. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, so like what the fuck? Okay, square. Uh, maybe, maybe throw a grenade. Bash. Okay. So that's a melee. Okay. okay. Triangle. Okay. Uh, was that to switch weapons? That's the action button. Okay. So like, okay. I'm guessing, like, yeah, to interact with things or like to get into vehicles. Okay. Circle. Was that to reload? That's jump. X is reload. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> no, I'm saying they're switched. Those buttons are switched. It should be the okay. opposite. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was jump. That's fucked up. That's why like, I try to replay this game like a couple years back. I'm like, what is this? It's just, it's bizarre. Okay, L1. Does that one shoot? No, no, no. Does that one uh, like you, you know, aim your sights or whatever? Throw a grenade. Oh, okay. Okay, L2. Is that one aiming down your sights? <laughs> that one switch grenades. Switch grenade types. 
Oh, is this one of the ones where R3 aims down your sides? Um, I, let me see here. Kind of. R3 is binoculars. I don't think there's an actual aim down the sights one in this game. What? <laughs> I'm looking at it. I don't see it. No. What the fuck? I know. Ask me something. Uh, I don't think there is. Not, not in the first mercenaries, at least. Was there uh, a directional pad button? Like, if you were going to aim down a scope or something? I think the D-pad at this time, too, was still, like... Okay, no. Let me see here. Okay, up and down is scroll through support items. Okay. Left is toggle faction flags above soldiers. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that mechanic. And then right is display merchant of mana shop. So, yeah, okay. there's, no, there's no, there's no, um, yeah, you don't aim down the sights on this one. All right. Damn. And then, okay, so I know it. Okay, so last one. You should, you should maybe get one of these at least. R1. Shoot. Yes, <laughs> you got it. Okay. And or select support item, whichever one. Okay. And then R2. To reload? Uh, switch weapons. Switch primary. I'm, I'm <laughs> you told, reload this, is X. I was gonna say yeah. Okay, this is this is yeah. where now the fatigue's getting to you a bit. Um, yeah. And, and so uh, this is just on foot. I'm not getting into the the actual vehicles because that's probably a whole different thing. But that's you already saw like that's fucking wild. <laughs> that control scheme that is disgusting. So now I'm going to jump into the uh, uh, Battlefront controls. All right, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So X button. That jumps. That's got to jump. And that is jump. And if you press it again okay. with a certain class, that's a jetpack. Okay. So already that's fucking confusing from the same studio. <laughs> like, what is that? Yeah, but one oh, – no, they were both by Pandemic, right? I mean, um, I, I don't – Lucas, sorry. I don't think Pandemic did um, Battlefront. I, I could have swore they did Battlefront. I don't see their logo on here. Maybe it was one of those things, but, like, no, Pandemic's been around for a while. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just not on this one specifically, but I just know it's Lucas Arts. It's very possible they did, but, no, they definitely would have had a logo on this shit. Okay. Uh, Circle. Oh, wait. They, uh... They did. Pandemic Studios uh, was the developer and the publisher was Lucasfilms. So they, so they, the hell? they both were Lucas, uh, uh, Lucasfilm published and Pandemic, Pandemic Studios developed. So then that's even more confusing. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. then also here. Oh, yeah. I should have known this, too. On the on the back of this manual. God, remember manuals. Uh, it says Mercenaries Playground Destru- Destruction coming January 2005. God damn. Yeah, so, uh, that's even more confusing then. All right, <laughs> God damn. All right, <laughs> what does circle do? Uh, throw a grenade. A single tap to crouch, quick double tap to go prone. Okay. Oh, okay. oh okay. shit, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could go prone in that game. What the fuck? Wow. Now you do. Uh, triangle. It was uh, did that switch uh, guns? That that's the action button. Okay. I'm square. used to the action button kind of being a square. Yeah. I think it usually is. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I think triangle. That might be consistent at the era. It's been a while. I'll have to play more games to see. Uh, square. I thought we did square. Uh, square. Uh... No, circle is the. We did circle. We did X. Circle, okay. We did. Triangle. So square. So that's gonna uh, reload. Yes, it is. Okay. I got one. Okay. L1. Uh, was that the throw grenades? 
Yes, it says fire secondary weapon, which I'm pretty sure is that. So that's consistent. Uh, L2. Okay. Was that to maybe change your grenade type? Yes. Okay. And then R1? It's fire. And then R2. Was that to change your gun? Yes. So at least the shoulder buttons were consistent. Yeah, yeah. But the, face so buttons, but the face buttons were bizarre. I felt like the UI was like really refined. And I think Grand Theft Auto really made some some steps, especially with like five with that weapons wheel. I will say that's one thing I do like about the remasters that stills Grand Theft Auto 5's weapon wheel. Oh yeah, I've seen that. It seems like something yeah, people can't really complain about. Um Yeah, that's just like I said, or like back then it was, you know, you use the D-pad to move. You could if you wanted to. And it was mm-hmm. the L1 and R1 buttons that changed the weapons, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just re- oh, fuck, I don't so like I said, the, the, like I only picked these because I have the manuals on me right now. The, I, right, right. I know I can think of more where it's just like, it's bizarre. Like I said, I know Area 51 had some weird-ass controls. Um, like I said, uh, Midnight Club, it, that's, a, that's a whole different game. But, you know, the driving and stuff like that's a bizarre experience. So, yeah, like, I think it's definitely, uh, the controls have definitely changed with the actual controllers. Like, I think it's, they've become, like like you said, more refined. I think developers also figured out, like, we can't just keep making random buttons, <laughs> different things. We we have to, like, set some sort of, like, precedent for, like, how things work. Like, obviously, it's not all going to be exactly the same because it's different games. But like you said, like, for the shooting game, um, you know, left trigger to aim, right trigger to shoot. And that's that that has to be it. Yeah, it's been pretty standard for a while. And that's why it kind of fucks me up when I... Like like I said, whenever I played uh, Fear and you got to click the L3 or whenever I played Rainbow Six Vegas and the same thing, you got to click the L3. Uh, and uh, and also it's a toggle kind of thing, whereas, you know, with the triggers, it's, you know, definitely, a, you know, you yeah, release yeah, it yeah. whenever you're done, you know. Yeah, it's just the toggle I, aiming. I don't know how we did it. Back. I, I honestly don't remember how we not only did we play games back then, how we played them well. Well, I mean, I would argue I probably wasn't playing them well, but I was definitely, <laughs> you know what? No, you're right. Them. <laughs> yeah, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to give myself too much credit. No, I never beat mercenaries. I couldn't beat the last level. <laughs> no, I don't know if I ever did. <laughs> so like that, that I wanted to throw that into because like I said that was a obviously the big thing is the controllers and the layouts. Uh, but want to give a quick little segment on that because like I said, it's, it's just funny to think too. Like say the controllers, like oh, it's so obvious. Like this should do. That this is what we need. And then the related to that too is like the buttons. Like, why is X reload? It should be jump. That makes no sense. Yeah, and I mean it's definitely it's it's uh, not hard to argue that we've came a fucking far away from the 1950s or 1964. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like I said, that that uh, one from 1964, Space Wars was like two fucking like toggle switches, and now I mean. Shit, I, I don't even, I mean, let's see, if you were trying to count all the controls, so you got four for the triggers, mm-hmm. and then you got eight, you got uh, eight, because the directional buttons, and then the four buttons Face on the buttons. other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's eight, and then you got the analogs, and then the uh, L3, R3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's quite a few, man. That's uh, And then it's not even counting the touchpad. Oh, yeah, yeah cause, and different motions on certain games do different things, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. Oh, the, and, and then again, that's just with us. We're talking specifically about Sony. You know, uh, the Xbox has its own thing. 
obviously Nintendo does whatever the fuck it wants. Um, the the Switch is its own beast. Yeah, and then PC, like when you're playing a game like uh, you know, Warcraft or whatever, it's like you got you know one through five, and you got a hotkey. This item is is you know fucking the J button or whatever. Like you know, there's all this crazy customization you can get with your peripherals as well. You know, like mm-hmm. some people don't even have a mouse. They have that little, uh, I think it's called an orb weaver, where it's just a couple of but it's the kind of the buttons that you need to move and, and oh, map up your yeah, items. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some people just I use ha- a trackball or something, dude. That's fucking weird. Yeah, dude. There's only one ball that I try. Mm. It's my own. Wait, just one? Well, I mean, you know, ever, <laughs> ever since the accident. I was going to say, their time in the army left you scarred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, scarred um, with one day. Um, Another thing, too, like, is, is, again, this is so dumb, I think, to mention, but because it, it's so normal now. I remember um, going from wired to wireless controllers. That oh, was a huge yeah, thing. That, yeah, I mean, because I even whenever I bought the uh, whenever I got the PS2, um, you know, I went and bought wireless controllers. Otherwise, you're sitting right up against the TV. Mm-hmm. And I know back in the t- back in the day, like when you're on a tube or a CRT, you know, TV, I mean, it's not a big deal because usually those are a lot smaller because once you start getting those big ones, they're fucking heavy. Yeah, I mean, even a 30 inch. I mean, it, it might take two people to lift a 30 inch uh, TV. It's ridiculous. Mm hmm. Whereas now, I mean, you got like, oh, uh, you know, 50 inch or whatever in your living room or in your bedroom. And I mean, you, you can sit comfortably far away. Yeah. No. <laughs> so what do you think? The the jump to that, too, is just, you know, with the TVs and then with the fucking controllers, too. Man, I, I have broken two PS2s because I stepped on the PS2 control wires. Oh yeah, and it just fucking flung that thing. It just off. flung that, and I remember the first time I did that, and I, I, I I'm, I'm surprised oh, Steven didn't kill me. I honestly wouldn't have blamed him. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, my my dad's dog did that, and it flew from a good seven feet because it was on top of the TV. Oh no! Yeah, but it was didn't it break. The, uh, wow, would you have like the the original black box? Yeah, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm, those things are sturdy. They can kill a man if they fall. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of dense on the end, but in fact, uh, a neighbor back in the day stole our PlayStation, and we recognized it was our PlayStation whenever we were, fu- went to go hang out at his house. What the fuck? You uh, hide that the, shit. Yeah, well, I mean, he had no shame, dude. I was like, man, let me Obviously. check your save files, bro. <laughs> let me check your save He's files. He's had a feeling. Yeah, like, man, that, like, that oh. dent looks oddly familiar. That's yeah. fucking funny oh my god yeah break into somebody's house and then and then have the audacity to show the them the things you stole that's that's a that's something you see like on a sitcom what the fuck yeah dude <laughs> like yeah, yeah you see the movie and you go no it's this stupid apparently apparently so yeah it was uh that was pretty that was pretty i mean it was not funny at the time and i could look at back yeah that's, and say, well, be, that, yeah that's really funny you should definitely put that in, in the show <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It, uh, oh yeah. But uh, and then I remember Xbox. And I think even the 360, the wired controllers, kind of had a breakaway cable, right? I think so. I mean, it's oh god. Speaking of that too, I mean the the god, do you do you remember that OG Xbox controller? The fucking oh my god, the monstrosity. Yeah, and, and and you know when you're a kid. Yeah, because I mean, it's big. It you know that can fit a grown man's hands. So when you're a kid, like that's fucking that's a quite a controller. That's a that's a meaty one. 
what's it called? I think it's what they call it, the Fat Boy. Yeah, yeah, I think so. God, yeah, he's looking because I'm looking at a picture of like you know the controllers throughout history, and it's like, God, that is like wild too. I I've never been a fan of like the the placement of their analog sticks. I understand it, but I guess just because I've been like indoctrinated into the Sony way, it's like, nah, I need them next to each other now. You know, I like them because uh, whenever we game on computer. And it's like a game that has controller functionality. I actually play on an Xbox uh, 360 controller, so I'm kind of, I really actually enjoy those offset uh, analog sticks. Yeah, I would say they, they've definitely grown on me. At the time, like I hated it, but probably had to do with because I played with the original Xbox controller, and that's just not good, especially when you're like you said a child. And it's like you need three hands to play it. Do you feel? Yeah. Well, I I will say, yeah, that's grown on me. But one thing that still hasn't to this day is. I'm not. I don't like mouse and keyboard. I I played Fear Three on the computer. I played Fear One on the computer, but I used. Well, I played a little bit of Fear One on the computer, mm-hmm. but I used the uh, the. I tried it for a little, little bit with the uh, mouse and keyboard. Maybe because I just haven't found my setup. I just because mm-hmm. I I know like a big thing is. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you good? Was your setup of the you know like people set their mouse a certain way and I got a cool yeah. like Rick and Morty kind of mouse pad and then I even brought back that old uh, mouse uh, pad that had the wrist rest I guess yeah and even still it's just not I I uh, I, just, I just don't enjoy it I don't know I'm just not good at it and you know yeah. I mean because I have over you know a decade and a half I mean I've been playing video games since I was five but I mean as far as analog sticks I think I have over a decade and a half of like using you know mm-hmm. ps2 and, and, and up kind of controllers so it's just not it's not something i i don't know that and i can't type so i don't have the position <laughs> that stuff. no it's no that that i can see that i mean whenever uh, i've been trying to like whenever a game whenever it's not required because i know some games will tell you like hey you, you, this is a you need a controller for this it's recommended if it doesn't say that i will do my best to play it with a mouse and keyboard like i played that space one and two with a mouse and keyboard um i played fear oh not the first one because uh, we played it on the ps3 but i played fear two with a, a mouse and keyboard um yeah when it comes to first person shooters i could definitely see like yeah this is def this is the way to go um, Death Space 1 and 2, that was an acquired taste. That took a bit, but once I got into the groove of it, you know, I, I have stupid fingers. Um, I don't have, like, tiny hands, but they're not, like, huge either, so sometimes, like, I, it takes a bit for me to, like, especially with, like, my pinky, like, shit, am I hitting the control or the shift one? Like, that, that's the hardest part for me. So, did you uh, go out and buy, like, a nicer uh, mouse, or are you kind of using a regular uh, mouse for your, your gaming? Uh, my girlfriend was sweet enough to get me a like one of those fancy keyboards and a nice light up mouse. So uh, I cannot blame my gear now for this. It's just me. <laughs> okay, so my my thing is is I have a I have a really good mouse. It's actually my favorite. I bought another one that was a similar style, but it's kind of trash. Mm-hmm. So I have the Logitech G502 wired, and I really mm-hmm. like it. I, I hate the wire. Something about uh, maybe sometime. Uh, uh, getting the wireless version and then so yeah. I went out and bought a cheaper version uh the Utech Smart Venus Pro RGB MMO wireless gaming mouse <laughs> which is a mouthful I want to say what the hell <laughs> it's kind of the, the similar design but I noticed I cuz the mouse clicks are so easy mm-hmm. whenever I'm resting my hand I accidentally click the mouse uh... and uh and it's just so light cuz in this uh, Logitech one which uh if I get that wireless one do you want my wired one 
more than happy to give it to you because it's 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 a badass mouse and it's oh, oh. the whole I'll, I'll take this step back oh maybe i'll like it if, uh, even more than this one but yeah I'll, I'll, I'll definitely take that off your hands now it's not wireless like i said it is wired or you That's... can even have this wired one i'm not a big fan of it. it's too light for me and i found out the one step above it uh you can add weights because this one this logitech one you can have you can add weights and it has like a little thing um mm. form and yeah and i actually have them all installed so it's like it's it's really fucking it's a heavy mouse actually because i have all of them installed i didn't realize i did okay no i'll definitely look at that um yeah yeah no it's uh like i say yeah, we, we're console boys so getting into the pc um was definitely tough uh, like i said where we said but we did play games if it was an option like definitely i would go for the mouse and keyboard and some games i feel like it's just better that way mm-hmm. um like gta i'm kind of using a controller i am not using a mouse and keyboard for that screw that oh fuck um, yeah yeah but like something like dead space like okay it's not that bad i think i can do it and i and i did i messed up a few times but i think that was more on me getting used to it rather than the actual controls um like I said, when it comes to first-person shooters, I feel like that is definitely going to be the way to go. Um, Fear 2 is a little weird with the controls, like the aiming definitely and stuff. More with modernized. The toggle. Yeah, but it's still yeah. more modernized. It's doable, though. But I understood why it was toggled after playing it on PC. Mm-hmm. I kind of understood why it was toggled just because of the uh, – there's a certain button on the keyboard that kind of zoomed in, right? Yeah, yeah. So so the way I, the I it was layout was weird. But like I said, was it awful? Um, so yeah, I, 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 and I, I still want to try my best to, whenever we have games on the PC, I will try my best to play it on there with a mouse keyboard. Cause I mean, for me, it's like, well, that's the only way I'm going to get, I'm going to get better. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you, you're not wrong, but it's just such a struggle. No, to... no it, it, I, I hate it too. <laughs> and, but I mean, there's some games too, where it's necessary, like Fallout. I don't think I can play Fallout now on a controller ever again. Really? I love Fallout with a mouse keyboard. Especially when it comes to inventory, <laughs> so much better. So okay, much better. I mean, I guess I can see that. I will say one game that I do play is the Arma series, Arma two and three. I do play those with uh, with a mouse and keyboard, but it's still mm-hmm. even then I'm not like good at it. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not good at it at all. I, RTSs, of course, I play mouse and keyboard, but those yeah. are like, very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, yeah, pretty much everything else, man. I, I try to. Like puzzle games controller. are perfect. They're perfect with mouse keyboard too. Okay, I have like to I think you with try. that uh with that one game you showed me, I think that's gonna be that'll be fine with the mouse keyboard because it's so simple. Um, what was it inscription? Yes, yeah, so I actually bought that. It was on sale. Um, I haven't gotten to play it yet. That that'll be an interesting one maybe to review. Yeah, yeah, it seems pretty dark, man. It seems really really dark. Uh, well, I, watched I know a that of the story. Yeah, I was say I know in that studio. Who is it? Digital Revolver? Yeah, they're the guys who did... Uh, they make a bunch of shit. They have a great Hot- catalog. Hotline Miami, right? Mm-hmm, and a bunch of other stuff. I can't really name all of them right now, but they, they always have, make those weird, like, quirky games. Yeah, okay, so you know it's dope. So I was... I told you I've been playing The Last of Us 2. I find that's a game I really enjoy playing as far, from a gameplay perspective. I skip all the cutscenes, which I had no... <laughs> I had no idea that I had so like I would skip a cutscene and then it would jump to another fucking cutscene. I was like, what the fuck? And they would do it three times, like not just once or twice, but three times. And uh, so 
yeah, I, I, I skipped all the cutscenes and I got to the part where you're in the WLF kind of uh, the hospital. Mm-hmm. And whenever you're sneaking up on that chick from the water and she's on her uh, PS Vita. Oh yeah, and I, I hear the little like music, and it was fucking Hotline Miami. I get my sniper scope and I look, and it's like, yeah, she was in the yeah. middle of fucking Hotline Miami. That was so cool. Just That's really that. funny. Yeah, it was really nice. Oh man, God. Oh, I was gonna say too. You skip it three times, two cups cutscene. You get three cutscenes like pff, amateur from Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, and then not only are you skipping three cutscenes, you're skipping three hour long, like three <laughs> one hour long separate cutscenes. Yeah. So we'll, okay. we'll get you too much sidetracked though. But, you know, but, um, I think with that, yeah, I'm actually surprised we we're able to talk um, so long about it. I mean, I guess it it is 40, 50 or 60 years of shit to cover. <laughs> Yeah, and we tried to do it uh, that part kind of quickly because we didn't want to seem like we we're just reading off of a, I mean, an article, which we we uh, you know took notes and kind of yeah. looked at it. Um, but there was yeah, a lot of good shit in there though. Yeah, I mean that that article, I got to give that guy props. He really did his research, and I mean looked say, into the entire history. Yeah, and I think especially, I mean, I mean nowadays still would be like tough but especially back then to like go like i'm gonna fucking do a you know an academic paper on controllers like that's kudos man and it wasn't like and it was like various assigned if it would have been it was the same you know it was formatted everything of just any other if you've been talking about you know cancer it would have been like this is this is good this is what i expect so yeah uh, right before we uh decide to sign off um yeah so it's the article is called The Evolution of Game Controllers and Control Schemes and Their Effect on Their Games by Alistair H. Cummings of the University of Southampton. Thank you, sir, for your work. Yeah, shout out to Alistair H. Cummings. That's a badass last name. You could work on the title. It's a mouthful. But other than that, good article. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> and like I said, I'll try to put a link to the article just so if anybody's interested, they can look at some of the pictures and, uh, you know, just so you can kind of see with what people were dealing with. <laughs> it's, it's definitely an interesting history, especially if you're, uh, you know, somebody who's kind of younger and, and kind of your first time really playing games was a PS2 controller. I mean, you see a SNES or NES controller and you're like, what the fuck is this block? Yeah, so it's the thing. It's crazy to think people are like, look at a N64. I'm like, the hell is this? And like, oh, we have no idea. Hell, one we kind of forgot about to mention too, real quick. That was wild. Was the Dreamcast? Oh yeah, fuck, I forgot all about the Dreamcast. <laughs> yeah, so I'm saying we didn't even mention the Sega Genesis. There's a, a litany of controllers out there that were just wild. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a a shit ton for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, um, that's really is that really all you have? Yeah, no, I think we did a pretty good job talking about so, it. Too. Yeah, no, so I think yeah, good job. <laughs> this is very <laughs> very nice. One of our yeah, well more sure. uh, researched ones, that's for sure. Yeah, pat on the back uh, <laughs> to both of us, yeah. and uh, pat on the pat on the back to the listener. I appreciate uh, y'all for listening and and definitely uh, getting through. Uh, this episode with us, like like we said, we we both worked. We're a little tired, but definitely more than happy to do this episode and to hang out with you guys and to hang out with each other. Um, 
And I know Jacob feels the same way. And uh, I hope you all, you know, stay safe and are safe out there. It's a crazy world, crazy time mm-hmm. that we're living in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, y'all stay safe. And uh, I love you, bro. Like Jerry said, uh, uh, thank you to all who uh, listen to us and uh, give us your time. Most valuable thing. Um, we appreciate it. And I love you too, Jerry. You take care and y'all be good. See ya. All right. See ya.